Let's do the thing <laughs> that we've come here together today to do. <laughs> which is, I'm going to say, so hey, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Hey, hey, Claire. So, like, what did you think of this episode? <laughs> you know, like, Balark-wise, where are you at? Do you have some feelings? I feel like maybe you might. Why don't I sit back for a little while, <laughs> drink some water? I yield the floor. <laughs> I have, I have, I have a few feelings. I have, um, it's like one of those situations where like I have so many feelings, it's like too many people trying to run through a door all at once. And so they're all just like sort of like stuck in the doorway. There's like a leg of one feeling and the arm of another. And then like they're all kind of trying to squeeze through at once. And so nothing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, um, that was a pretty good episode from a Blark standpoint, you know, just, uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, it was. I at no point, like, (laughs) lost coherence and just sort of, like, screamed in disbelief at my television or spent several hours afterwards just not being able to process that that actually happened. Of course not. That's, I, I would never a million years have thought that you would do that. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> Every single time you watched it, which is currently now three times. I have watched the entire episode three times. I have watched the Jaha and Bellamy scene and the final Balark scene, like... As many times as I've watched the cabbie sex, there's no judgment. <laughs> no judgment from the side of the microphone. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know how many times you've watched cabbie In sex. this, as in all things, we are one. <laughs> <laughs> Except for in mine, there is no one, uh, you know, thrusting. Damn it. <laughs> Our recording software thingy majigger died on us, so I don't have my I don't have my cabbie sex thing. Do 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 do. There we go. I'll just do it myself. Um. <laughs> oh my god! How do I even? So okay, so like, you know how I talked about in the Kelamy debate thing about how like there's a switch in my brain and like either I can like emotionally connect to characters or I can think about them analytically but I can't do both at once. Like, this is my problem with talking about, like, shipping, is that, like, it's like the switch thing, where it's like, either I have feelings, and then I have all the feelings and no thought, or I have all the thoughts and then the feelings. <laughs> like, I can't do, th- I, I can't think and feel simultaneously. That's actually not true. It makes me sound like data, and, you know, when you put, like, an emotion yeah. chip in him, which would be pretty great, because I would like to be able to remove my emotion chip, but. Um... I have a lot of feelings. Should I ask you questions? Yes, please. Or are well, you oh, God. Sort of... Otherwise, I'm just going to sit okay. here and, like, talk about feelings without actually saying anything of substance. Okay. <laughs> what I really want to make sure happens is that you get all the time to scream about feelings that you want. But if you need me to help you, like, focus the screaming into, like, an avenue, like, like let's talk about the cold open. Like, let's go through this sort of, like, a scene at a time. I love you. Okay, guys. This is why Claire is my best friend in the entire world, and I would, like die a crippled emotional mess without her because like i call her like a mess and i'm like i have all these feelings and claire's like okay let's talk about this piece by piece you can have all your feelings but i will break them down for you into manageable and rational and logical pieces and then by the end i'm like i understand myself so yes I just don't want you to miss the chance to flail over anything that needs to be flailed over. I Yes. No, I know. And I love that. But I'm also saying that, you know, that I love you. I love you. Aww. Aww. 
Claren. Uh, <laughs> Claren. I would I would put you on my list of a hundred people first. Uh, I'd be like Aaron, and then and then me, and then ninety eight others because I'm not as nice as Clark. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that Raven was first on that list. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and we have the princess mechanic best friend necklaces, and yours that I gave to you says I put you first. So you know that I put you first. It on that does. List. Oh, oh! I love it. I love Claire, and I love being I us. I love being us too. <sighs> um, so the cold open <laughs> Belark stuff was pretty, like just just laid it right all out there. Like yeah. this is a Belark episode. Yeah, here right? we go. <laughs> like they walk into. I mean, it is kind of fucking absurd how attached, like like joined at the hip they are. This entire episode, like they are barely not. Uh, let's see. Are they, is that, do they, either of them have a scene? Well, Clark has the scene at the end in the med bay where she's not with Bellamy. But like, I think every yeah, other scene. I think scene, that's the only yeah, one. Yeah, every other scene, like even if it starts out with one of them, the other person, the other one comes in. So this is like, they are never not together this entire episode. When they're on the screen, they're, they're like either explicitly with each other. So there's the, there's the Clark one at the end, but otherwise, yeah, like Clark starts out in medical earlier and then Bellamy walks in and then. You know, they start out together and then Clark walks away and then Bellamy has a scene with Jaha. So they're just like, this is like the most Valeric episode just in terms of they never leave each other's presence. And thematically united too. Like they're they're on the same side working towards a common goal. They're not just sort of like in the same storyline and in frame together. It's like their whole arc in this episode felt like like reestablishing to both of them that they're an unbreakable unit. Yeah. Like reestablishing to both of them, one of us can't survive if the other one doesn't survive. And the moment where that sort of, where they both kind of fully accept that at the end, it's like that's what they're sort of working towards from the beginning where he's peak Bellamy where he's like, well, obviously I, a monster, <laughs> am unworthy <laughs> of one of these slots. So I'm going to just die quietly outside in the acid rain. You kids have fun because you are wonderful, glorious unicorn ladies, and I am Amir Bellamy, and then Clark is like, oh my god, dumbass. Clark is, like, yeah. offended. She's like, uh, yes, you are. You're gonna be inside. Clark is You're like, gonna starve to death the rest of us, Bellamy. You? Excuse you? Yeah. Yeah. And she's so mad. And, and then Raven's like, oh, she made the list? It's like, well, no. I just decided that Bellamy's on it. That's as much of my homework as I've done, yeah, teacher. Yeah, Clark is like, no, I haven't yeah. made the list, but, like, I know at least two people who are on it, for fuck's sake. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to make the list to know that Bellamy is on it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like what kind of like what the hell, Raven? Come on. Um, but so I but I love that that the, the sort of central kind of like and it's not even really a, a a conflict. It's just like the thing in their relationship that they're both sort of working through. It sets it up where you're like, okay, so it starts here and it ends here with this question on both of their minds of which of the two of us get to survive and valuing the other one more than themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and sort of like also coming in in that way where they like they walk into the room with these rations sort of like debating, you know, Bellamy's concerned about like we have these people working so hard, you know, like when are they going to when are they going to push back against that? Um and sort of like like so they're so they're so they're bonded in terms of like we have this problem, we're working through it together. I mean, I, and I also did I mean, again, like, I was so happy not just that we had them together at the beginning, but that it was also, it was Bellamy and Clark and Raven, you know, like, that that mm-hmm. these problems, mm-hmm. these challenges are being framed through the three of them and through, you know, and, and through their sort of, like, varying 
perspectives, you know, where like the, the conflict in that scene is that Clark is like, fuck it, I'm saving everyone. Like, I'm not making that list because I'm not giving up on saving everyone. And Bellamy's like, well, no, it's fine. I'm just going to die, you know, which is in conflict with Clark being like, no, I'm saving everyone. And then, you know, Raven sort of being the pragmatist, like, no, 100 people are living. We are three of them. You know, like, what are we going to do about the other 400 people we're not saving? Um, what are we going to do about keeping us and the other 97 alive? You know, so they all kind of like, they're working towards the same goal, but they have these slightly different perspectives that, that put them in tension. And I do just absolutely like, like angry, determined, why is everyone (laughs) being so stupid about this Raven is just like, I love her. Like she's so, yeah, it's really kind of hot actually. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. My favorite thing about this show is I, is I feel like I can feel this show making you gay. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, true. (laughs) It's just, which is just, which is just so beautiful as, as the gay one in this relationship. I'm just like, (laughs) like it just makes me feel, it makes me feel so good. Anyway, continue. So even insofar as it's kind of like Bellamy and Clark as a united front and, and Raven sort of pushing back against them. Um, and like the number of times to, to, to flail again for a second, like the number of freaking times that Bellamy and Clark just like looked at each other. Like every time a new like piece of information came up or every time like a new decision had to be made, they sort of stop, looked at each other. Okay. Like now we're reacting to this thing. Like, how are you reacting? How are you reacting? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I have a lot of feelings about it. <laughs> Um, but, but like, just like little things like that, that we're just kind of like reinforcing constantly. Like they, that, that they're the person that they're sort of like leaning on. Like they, you know, they like, they both love Raven so much and they rely on her and they value her and, you know, and she's important and they, and they wouldn't make these decisions without her. But I think like just kind of reaffirming Bellamy and Clark is this unit that like are just kind of like symbiotic almost at this point. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> we don't have any more information now than we ever have about what the show's intentions are in terms of like is it going to be romantic you know or 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 whatever kind of from that level right. but i do feel like it's palpably clear and and really i think more so in this episode you know than than i would say it really in, in any other that like the story that the camera work and the direction the music the sort of the the production kind of elements of how you make television the story that they're telling is that the partnership between these two people and the relationship between these two people is like kind of the central running thread of this story. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I think the whole show is better when that is the case. I think the whole show is strengthened with a united front when we get to sort of explore into their relationship and... Um, and it really just, yeah, like just like the, the, you know, lingering on the way that they look at each other. I noticed when I was rewatching it again today, the kind of little look that Bellamy gives Clark when Raven says like choosing who lives or dies is your specialty. It's not like a big kind of noticeable like moment, but he has a sort of like a little moment of like, I think like checking in to see how that lands with her and like making sure she's kind of okay. Yeah, like he understands, he has this kind of like instinctive understanding that how she's going to feel about that. How she's going to feel. Like, like he, he's, you know, he sort of looks to her because he knows that's going to hit her in a particular way. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, like I'm checking in to make sure you're okay. And I'm also sort of very subtly reminding you that I'm right here. Right. Right. You know, which is a very Bellamy thing to do, but like, but the camera lingering on that moment means that's an important moment, you know, it's like little things like that. Yes. 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 Exactly. 
like that's a really good moment I think actually to kind of transition to talking about the scene with um, the conversation between Bellamy and Jaha in the woods because I think you know that little moment where where you see sort of Bellamy kind of like looking to Clark and checking in on her when Raven kind of like lands that blow you know the way that they sort of check in with each other as through these little decision making processes is is like these little and then you know combined obviously with the final scene when you know he's there with her when she's making the list and he kind of like comes to comfort her is like when Jaha says to Bellamy, you know, she's lucky to have you. Um, leadership is a lonely road. You center her or whatever he says. I think that's it. <laughs> Not that I memorized it or anything. Um, <laughs> I was going to say like you, it, it's been, it has not even been 24 hours and you already have the entire scene. That I, this is, this is, this is so on brand. I could die. I am just like I am. My I'm so happy. I, this I'm. In my defense, what, what a beautiful it has day. Been, in my time zone, it has been almost. Uh, it has been almost twenty six hours since the episode ended, <laughs> and I have a good memory for dialogue. But yes. <laughs> What I loved was that you sort of like that you I tried that you, to play it off. That you recited it. Like, yeah, yeah, that, like that. that you that you <laughs> right, that you you recited it verbatim, <laughs> note perfect. Not even like I was like, she's not even reading it. This is all this like in her head. And then and then it was like you sort of realized like, oh I gotta I gotta like walk this back. And then you were like, you know, or <laughs> or something like or, that. And just or like, whatever. <laughs> It's just like, baby, it's me. Like, it's okay. <laughs> I know. I know you've memorized the scene. And I know you have a lot of thoughts about day trip parallels, which you also rewatched and have memorized. And I want to hear them all. But it's like, we we all we all know that that was just, that just popped out of your brain. You just had that right there. Ready to go. Oh. Oh, my love. Please carry on. Um... <laughs> So, anyway, so, so yes, so he keeps her centered. That's where we <laughs> left off. He keeps her centered, um, and, and and Bellamy's immediate reaction is, uh, "You've got that backwards," which is like again, like peak Bellamy, you know, like peak, peak Bellamy. Bellamy. You say yeah. something nice about him, and he's like, "Uh, no, wrong." And and also that he, I mean, you know, like I think he really does believe that, like he knows for sure, like when when he's with Clark, it's better. Like he's better. I think he thinks. He knows he's a better person. He's a better leader. I think he realizes that, like, the mistakes that he made last season he wouldn't have made if he was with her. And so he's, like, a very aware of the ways that she centers him, you know, and that she kind of makes him feel more more kind of, like, in control and, and so forth. But, like, the great thing is that the entire episode, I feel like, kind of leading up to that and the scene after that, like the what the episode is showing, like that's that's like Jaha telling, and then Bellamy sort of reacting and telling us where Bellamy's at with regards to that. But the rest of the episode is showing us that like, like Jaha said that because Jaha has been observing them. Like Jaha is like right, is like right, saying right, right. like yeah. Jaha's like I've been watching y'all's TV show, and like <laughs> like Jaha. <laughs> if anybody, if any character in this show has non-diegetic, can, like, hear the non-diegetic sounds in the show. Right. Like, if there's any character in the show who's walking around hearing the, like, background music, it's fucking Jaha. So, like, Jaha is like, dude, like, 
I see. I, I like hear the music swell behind you guys. Like I know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Let me tell you what television right. show you're on. Yeah. Um, Shipper on board. Um, <laughs> right. Any cult in a storm. And in this episode, uh, Jaha's cult is the cult of the lark. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but yeah, no. So, so like all, all kidding aside about like Jaha existing slightly outside of his own, like between universes, somewhere like perched on top of the fourth wall. I think you know, that, that moment really, like, it works because the, the episode does so much work beforehand to set up the kind of, like, truth, the, the, the way in which Bellamy does center Clark. Um, so, like, when Jaha says it, it's like, yeah, that's true, you know, and, like, and so you can kind of see, you know, you, you get information about, like, what's clear to other people, to outsiders about Bellamy and Clark, and, like, Jaha's a total outsider. Like, he's not Raymond, he's not one of their friends. He doesn't know them. He hasn't, you know, he's not, like, close to them. So, like, this is just, he just knows this just from being around them a little bit. Um, but also, like, you know, like, gives us a lot of information about, like, emotionally where Bellamy is with Clark, which is that, like, he understands how important she is to him, but he doesn't really understand how important he is to her. Which, again, like, peak Bellamy. Oh, yeah. And And the rest of that conversation I thought was really interesting, too. I'm a little bit sort of, like... Like, you know, the massacre last season was just a really, I just think it was like a really bad story decision. And they did not fully recognize that when they chose to do that and the way that they chose to present it, the level of damage that it was going to do to Bellamy's character, like they just did not, somehow did not see that coming. And so there's a part of me that just is kind of like, I think it would be best if you just stop bringing it up. You know, like, you're never going to actually, you're never actually going to resolve the narrative problems that you actually created. And you're very, very clearly right. trying to, like, get, like, in season four, you're like, here is where Bellamy is. We are telling you. He is moving forward from this point, which may or may not be the point where, like, all of the audience thought that he was in season, at the end of season three. Even though in season, the second half of season three, he spent, like, the entire time, like, getting beaten up for that choice sometimes actually literally by his sister you know like he's done plenty he's gotten like plenty right. of punishment for it but it's one of those things where it's like if you didn't think that's enough then you're never gonna think that's enough and i kind of am just like right exactly better if we stop yeah. talking about it right on the other hand like it is an extremely formative thing for bellamy's character and like it makes total character sense that bellamy would be thinking about that you know like that he's he's sort of adding that to his litany of sins and that, you know, and that he wouldn't let go of it. So, like, so I think, like, the kind of, like, the way that it's, it's, if it's being hung on to in the story in season four, it's because Bellamy's hanging on to it. Which I think he's, we were told that in the exchange with Kane in the first episode, where Kane says to him. Yeah. I, like, that was the point of that exchange. That was the point of that. I, I think was, yeah, was to sort of to set up that, like, um, that the thing that, that both, Kane and Jaha in in their own kind of different ways have observed about Bellamy. I I think we are meant to interpret that as being accurate. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Like that they're that they're they're seeing they're seeing a thing that is really there and they're trying to tell him something about himself that he is struggling to hear. Right, in right, right. Ways. Or that he just doesn't agree with. You know, that he just doesn't have he yeah. doesn't have the same perspective on his actions and what they meant and what they mean for him as a person going forward as Kane does or as Jaha does, you know, and, and, and maybe he'll get there. Like, you know, maybe he'll, he'll sort of, he'll find a way to, to get to the point where 
Kane wants him to be. Um, but he's not there right now. So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, as, as like parallels to, to day trip go, you know, so in day trip, if you are not me and or a Blark shipper and you have not rewatched day trip like 14 times in the last <laughs> three weeks, since we started getting hints that this was going to be like day trip 2.0. Um, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, in day trip is the episode where he and Clark, uh, go to another bunker. They, they find out from the arc that there is another bunker nearby where there might be supplies. And, um, and so like they, they take a day trip to this underground bunker and they find guns. Um, but it's also the one where they, with the hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic nuts. Um, and so, you know, Bellamy and Clark both have, um, you know, they both kind of like have these hallucinations. Um, Clark hallucinates her father, um, who who talks to you know, and this is when he he delivers he t- gives the line, um, "Forgiveness isn't about what people deserve," which I think maybe is like in the background um, of this episode, in the background of of the way that of maybe what of of what Jaha's trying to say to Bellamy and and what he's not yeah. hearing yet, you know like in his own weird way some of what Jaha is saying is but is forgiveness isn't about what people deserve and and that's true of the forgiveness you give yourself too like you don't forgive yourself because right. you deserve it you know like you forgive yourself to forgive yourself you forgive yourself so that you can move forward which <laughs> speaking of feelings uh so there's this there's this group the weaker thans and they have a trilogy of songs about the lead singer's cat, Virtute. <laughs> I already love the story. Continue. <laughs> this is going a real place. You're going to feel feelings. Um, okay. So the second song is called Virtute the Cat Explains Her Departure, which is like, everyone should go listen to it. It's not Virtue. It's Virtute. So V-I-R-T-U-T-E. And it, that's like one of my number one Blake sibling songs. Um, because the chorus at the end goes, I can't remember the sound that you found for me. And it's about, it's stung from, from the perspective of the singer's cat. And the cat is talking about the, basically the cat like gets outside and runs away and then forgets how to go home and is remembering things about her owner. Um, yeah, I cry every time, like every single time I listen to that song, I cry. When you get to that line, I can't remember the sound that you found for me. Like I fucking sob every time. Um, which is really inconvenient when it comes on when I'm running, which has happened several times. And then also, like, if you think about the Blake siblings, like, if you think about Octavia singing that song to Bellamy, um, you'll have a lot of feelings. So, (laughs) see? See? My little, my little heart can't take it. You were right. You were right about the cat song. (laughs) This is another shout out to Shosh, who is also a fan of the Weaker Thans. And anytime that song comes up for either of us, we message each other like, the cat song! Virtue. Um, so anyway, so earlier this year, the uh, the lead singer um, put out a new album with the third and final Virtue song, and this one is called Virtue at Rest. It's about sung from the perspective of the cat who's now dead, and the singer who had a drinking problem. You know, the, the album was kind of about like I think he was in rehab for a while and he was going through treatment. So the song is kind of about like him processing his regret for things that he did or didn't do or whatever when he was um when he was using when he was drinking and and the song is the cat like his memory of the cat I'm gonna cry talking about it the memory is memory of the cat inside of his head like living inside of him talking to him about like the emotional work that he's done 
Um, and the last line goes, um, let it rest all you can't change. Let it rest and be done. And I'm going to cry because <laughs> like that. Oh, the my God. Is, like so much to me, you know, like I. I'm so I emotional. struggle a lot with like regret as a part of depression and other things and just kind of feeling like, you know, and, and there's a certain. So when you're thinking about like forgiving yourself, it's not like forgiveness isn't about mm-hmm. what you deserve. It's not about. It's not about like self-flagellating until the point where you've you've hurt yourself enough that you deserve to stop hurting, which is I think kind of a lot of the time how we feel. You know, it's just about saying like let it rest, all you can't change. Um <laughs> I'm actually crying now. Um <laughs> I'm super tired. I hate that I can't I know, hug I'm you. I'm super tired, you guys. Um <laughs> so um Yeah, so that was a really long um, aside about, like, I think that's the part. That's the thing that, like, Bellamy can't get to. That in his own weird kind of, like, cerebral disconnected way, I think Jaha is trying to say to him. I don't think Jaha would put it that way. You know, I think Jaha's, because Jaha's, what Jaha's version of it is, is your intentions were pure. Which is, like, not the issue you know, or, I mean, it is and it isn't, I guess. Like, that's one perspective on it. So Jaha says, which is kind of, like, amazing, too. Um, everything you did, you did to protect your people, including shooting me twice. Yeah. Which was, like, of course, the shout, the, that was a call back to the day trip because mm-hmm. to go back to it. So so Clark hallucinates her father saying forgiveness isn't what, about what people deserve. And Bellamy hallucinates Jaha coming down, you know, like, bleeding out of his stomach from his gunshot wound, and he hallucinates all the people who died in the culling because he threw away the radio, and he sort of imagines Jaha, like, accusing him, you know, sort of, like, making him face all these things that he's done, and then there's in the, that really harrowing scene where, where Jaha's, like, beating him, and Bellamy says, you know, like, what do you want? Like, I can't fight anymore. You know, just, like, please kill me. Just please just, like, kill me. And Jaha says, you know, like, do you think you deserve the um, the release of death? You know, like, you need to live. You have, like, your punishment is to keep living. And, and, de- and like, facing the things that you've done. So I think, so Jaha kind of, like, bringing up the fact that Bellamy's shot him once, you know, in even before the pilot began and then again at the end of last season and saying, like, I know why you did that. You did that for, for your intentions were pure. You did that for good reasons. And so, you know, so like, so as far as Jaha's concerned, I think Jaha's like, I don't even have to forgive you. Like, you're good. What was interesting to me about that exchange is it's like, I think in a way that kind of harkens back to, you know, like that's, that's also, I think how Jaha justifies his own actions to himself. Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, just like, just like Kane's speech to Bellamy at the end of se- the first episode is how Kane justifies things to himself. Yeah, and I think I think that there's there's a um, you know I think I think Kane you know I definitely think has genuine affection for Bellamy in a way that's different from Jaha, yeah. but I think that both of them it's like there there's a different um, they're they're also both still not quite seeing why Bellamy feels the way he does about these things. Yeah, yeah. Jaha saying like, well, if you you know. As long as you meant well, you're fine. Like, that's not, that isn't helpful to Bellamy. That's not how Bellamy 
feels about things. I think that's much more about, you know, Jaha's sort of chronic habit of kind of dodging complicity. Yeah. Where, like, if there's if there's a way for him to justify, well, this thing that I did was the morally right choice, or I did it to save my people, I did it for the right reason, then I can kind of, like, erase it from my list of sins. Yeah, he can you know? justify and, anything. And Bellamy... Yeah, and Bellamy can't let any of it go. Even even when he knows it was the right thing to do, he knows it was necessary, he knows he had no other choice, he knows it was, like, the only option that was available to him, and yet, still, he he feels the weight of, like, every single one of those things. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, in in Day Trip Under the Tree, like, the thing that, that Bellamy says to Clark is, like, I'm a monster, you know, I hurt people. And so I think, like, for Bellamy... Even if his intentions were pure and he believes, still believes in the reasons why he did it, like with the massacre, like I think he, it's not that he, like he, he always felt the weight of that, you know, like the episode after it happened, like it was clear, like he said to Pike right away, we crossed a line, we went too far, that was too much, you know, like he realized it on the bat, on that, on the field, he tried to stop them from killing the survivors, he, he saved, you know, like he, he already like realized that it was wrong, and so like, insofar as he justified it at all i think what he justified was that was something that that had to be done to save my people to save this other these other people and i will be the monster to do the terrible thing to save them you know so it's like it never like for jaha i think he's like oh no you're not a monster you did it for good reason so you're good right and that's not helpful to Bellamy. Right, because, because Bellamy, like, still cares about, like, he's no, he's like, no, I did it, you know, like, and I did choose to be the monster, but that, you know, I'm still a monster. So, um, so, so that, yeah, so, that, like, that's kind of the disconnect. And, and it's interesting because, like, because Jaha, in his own way, is saying to Bellamy in that moment, like, I will give you forgiveness, you know, which is what Clark did in Day Trip, like, if you need forgiveness, I'll give that to you. Like Jaha's saying, like Jaha's giving him his forgiveness without in in not in so many words, but just saying, like, I see, yeah, I know you did these things. You did some of them to me. And I see why you did it, and your intentions are pure. You're good. You know, he's sort of like giving him forgiveness. And Bellamy is, you know, once again saying, is like, I don't accept it. That's not that's not good enough. And I think Jaha rightly recognizes that like what that comes down to is like whereas in day trip what bellamy needed was somebody to say to him you're forgiven to that and that enabled him to continue you know to say like you're forgiven and we need you you it's important you keep living for these other people like that's what he needed in that moment um i think jaha you know sort of recognizes like bellamy has reached a point where like what he needs is to figure out how he is internally going to live with himself so we get the how many people, how many lives do you have to save before you'll forgive yourself line. And Bellamy kind of gives him that look like, um, <laughs> infinity, jillion, all, all, million. All of them? All, all yeah. of them? <laughs> and then even then, probably not, but like definitely at least all of them. But yeah, because I think, you know, because Bellamy hasn't gotten to the point where he's able to kind of let it rest and be done. Um... Which is a really hard thing to do when you feel like the thing that you've done is wrong. But it's also the only way forward if you're going to keep going forward. And not going forward doesn't do anybody any good. You know, like, like him dying wouldn't bring anyone back or undo anything or solve anything. You know, like dying doesn't resolve killing yourself or letting yourself die or whatever doesn't resolve anything. 
So I think he does still recognize, like, staying alive. For now, staying alive to try to keep these other people alive, at least until the radiation hits, is, like, a, a form of atonement for Bellamy. You know, like, the value his life yeah. has is that he can save other lives. And that's what I think is really, what I, what is, what's really heartbreaking about it, and I think what is... Um, one of the things that's so sweet and so important in that moment, I think kind of at the end is, you know, I think that Bellamy, like, he views the value of his own life as like its utility to others and not as something that has like inherent value because of who he is. Yeah. You know, and so and so I think that there's like. You know, I I think his perception of like, well, you know, like I'm like. I don't bring enough to the table to justify one of the, like, one of the, you know, one of the spots on this list because there are other people who can do the things that I, who can perform the tasks that I would perform if I was in here, you know, who are more worthy of this, you know, whatever than I am. And so I think that, like, Clark, um, you know, Clark putting him down on the list and him kind of, you know, him, him letting her, him, him adding her name instead of crossing his own name off. You know, I think it's like... You know, it's a really important moment of him realizing that, like, him existing has inherent value to Clark that's unrelated to, like, you know, the services he will perform as one of the hundred people who are allowed to survive. All of them are going to have to have jobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, it's it's not, it isn't about utility. It's about, like... It's about him. It's about, like, what You're a person who matters to me. Yeah, like, and no one else, no one else can, like... No one else is Bellamy. No one can no one can just like step in and be like, I will now do like the emotional work that Bellamy did for you. Like that's not how relationships work, you know? Right, right. He's not re- he's not replaceable to her. And I think that's one of the things that's really um, you know, the sort of the the human element of the who, you know, who gets to be in the ark, you know, who who is there space for in the lifeboat. You know, I think in a in a macro way, you know, we sort of see it playing into the you know, the who lives, who dies decisions that Raven's making with the medical storyline and things like that. But I think that, you know, Clark wanting Bellamy to survive, even if she can't bring herself to survive with him, even if she has a hard time, you know, countenancing the idea of taking up a space for herself, you know, it it isn't, like, it's so personal. It has nothing to do with, like, Bellamy is tall, so he can reach things on high <laughs> shelves, and we need tall people, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's almost, there's something like, she can't, and, and you get the, that feeling, like, the fact that he's number 99, like, okay, so we can just transition into this now. Um, The fact uh. that he's number 99 on that list, I think, I think that's a reflection of the fact that she knows that he didn't want to be put on that list, like, he would not yeah. want to be put before any of those other people, you know? Like, yeah, so it's, she, she tried, it's like, it's like, you're like, you tried to give Bellamy what he wanted by going through everybody else first. Yeah. And then you got to the end and you're like, I can't do it. Yeah. And she's just like, I think she's, you know, and she'd pause, right? Like you can, she'd stop mm-hmm. and she's sitting there and she's thinking. And then, and, um, and then she looks at Bellamy on the couch, which like, like flail, flail break. Go ahead. <laughs> He's sleeping in the room with her when she's making the list. Like, it's just... Have we, we like never, okay, that's just like such a big thing. <laughs> I mean, just like, it's just like so like intimate and tender, like, you know, sleeping is such like a vulnerable state. Like you don't, 
like just so so just that kind of indication and the fact that like he's obviously fucking exhausted because he did all the driving and we saw that that took all day you know so like so he probably was driving for like 16 hours and awake the whole time and so he's super tired but like he's not gonna leave her you know he's not gonna leave that room um and leave her alone to do this by herself so he's there and he's like passed out on the couch and and like and I immediately of course thought of the the scene uh, from the first episode of last season uh-huh. where Abby was on uh-huh, sleeping uh-huh, on the uh-huh. couch that same couch I think yeah it's the same couch and yeah. um, while Kane was working um, so like like I'm just saying sleep, watching each other sleep is a thing that. Only couples that have become canon romantic have done in this course of this show, except Bellamy and Clark. So. And for Kane and Abby, it was like, it happened at the beginning of an arc that ended like in that season well, no, where they became canon romantic. So been. yeah, Because like that happened with Klexa as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was, it was really lovely. And I too also, I was very much thinking about, you know, like they really really in this episode and i and i have some i have some you know theme like sort of thematic thoughts about it and also some sort of wild conspiracy theories about it but they <laughs> they really doubled down in this episode on the abby bellamy parallels yes yes like yes, they yes. were they were putting very similar words in each other's mouths about just kind of you know like they're they're on the sort of axis of who is aligned where in terms of surviving and values and things like that, you know, Bellamy in last episode and, um, and Abby in this episode are like almost sort of verbatim. There's, there's a little girl that needs to be saved. That's kind of the deciding factor. You know, there's the, you know, who can we save today? Mm -hmm. We can save these slaves. We can save these grounders, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so I think that there's for, for a lot of sort of thematic reasons that I think are, in a in a pretty clear sort of narratively straightforward way aligned with the you know and Clark is Jaha and Raven is sort of a, a Jake Kane kind of fusion and we're sort of seeing these season one or kind of pre-season moments being sort of relived out with the new generation so so thematically on that level I think that's all like it's all clear and it makes sense but I also feel like there's a um that's not a thematic kind of parallel that's a much more intimate you know, sort of as about their their relationship. You know, Kane Kane is working while Abby sleeps, and and I also think that it's not a coincidence that like, you know, the first thing that she says when she wakes up, you know, like it's Bellamy entering is what wakes up sleeping mm-hmm. Abby. A and B that what she's dreaming about is sending the hundred to the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that then you know, jumping a season ahead where we have like. Bellamy's sleeping on that same couch while Clark drafts the list of the new hundred. Yeah. You know, it's all right there, but it really orbits around this sort of like these kind of little links that they keep putting in between like Bellamy and Abby's worldview, Bellamy and Abby having like, you know, using the same language, using kind of like thematic stuff. It plays really nicely into the kind of ongoing echoes of like the crises of the adults being sort of played out again in the new generation, you know, where it's sort of like Culling 2.0, Jake and the Oxygen Scrubbers 2.0, Sending the Hundred to the Ground 2.0, like sort of new versions of all of those, you know, kind of things. I get a little itchy when, you know, like there's there's a there's a right way and a wrong way I feel to sort of talk about like cabular parallels or it's like sort of dignifying them as separate relationships. But I also do think that there's some really intentional 
the leadership partnership between Kane and Abby that's been established when we come back from that time jump where they've reached this place of sort of intimacy and co-leadership together and how we see that co-leadership over the course of the season. I think that that's what this is sort of setting up here is that that's, that's who they are to each other, you know, and, um, and whether it becomes romantic in this season or in a future season or not or whatever, I think that that the intimacy of like, you know, like Bellamy letting himself share space with somebody feels yeah. like, like a big hurdle, you know, like it's, he's used to that with Octavia, but like, he doesn't really, it's lovely that he, that he's there, that he like, after being so exhausted and, um, you know, and and also this the crushing disappointment, which we'll get to when we talk about the Cadigan story, like of of the like, you know, having a moment of feeling like they had hope and then having it sort of snatched away again, you know, so it's just which is just sort of crushing, you know. But yeah, but that he even if he's laying on the couch sleeping, just him kind of instinctively knowing that like she'll feel better like this this task will be easier for her if he's there. Yeah, yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah, it is. And then, of course, the like <laughs> the like most extra and ridiculous and wonderful thing where like the moment he starts crying or she starts crying his like spidey senses yes are tingling yes. and he's like Clark is distressed like he wakes up yeah. <laughs> like she's not she's not like sobbing she like barely made a noise and yet he like yeah pops up um <laughs> but yeah but I mean I think you know like so to, to to go back to him being 99th on the list I like I really sort of read that as as like you were saying like you know, her trying to, like, like understanding that there's no possible, he would never accept be coming before anybody else on that list. And, exactly, and yeah. And he, he doesn't want to be on it, you know. And there there maybe isn't, like, an actually, like, really, really, com- like, super duper amazingly compelling, like, skills-based reason why he would be there. Yeah. You know, um, and yet... And yet, so she's, like, pausing it. She, like, she sort of looks over to him on that couch laying there sleeping. And I think there's all that stuff in there where, like, what he means to her personally, just, like, just him, you know? And, like, the kind of support that she takes from him. And 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 that's just, like, what she, like, because, you know, because she can't bring to herself to put herself on the list. So just, like, the fact that she sort of looks at him and then thinks about him and smiles a little bit and then turns and writes him on the list, like, she just can't talk herself out of it. I think it kind of conveys, like, how much his life and him being alive means to her, even if she's not, you know, like the idea yeah. of him being alive. And then that goes back to, to, um, Hakodama, the episode five of last season where they had the, you know, where she like snuck back into Arcadia and they had that like amazing and harrowing fight where she, you know, at the end of it, like he's, he's going to leave and she sort of breaks down and she sort of realizes how badly she's hurt him. And she says to him, um, you know, I'm sorry for leaving, but I thought I could because they had you, you know? Like, so this idea that, like, like she thinks, like, she thinks that, like, their, their people having him is so huge. Like, he is so huge and important and uniquely that, like, it means so much to her that, like, he's there. Like, he's this gift that she's giving them almost, you know? And, like, and she's, and he's a thing that she's giving up. Like, I think that that's like, all reflected in that choice that she made to to write him down. Although I do kind of suspect from the way that he reacted, like, the way the conversation went between them afterwards, that it seems like maybe they had this conversation before. You know, like, this is a debate that they had had about, um, about whether they were going on the list 
Um, because like when he says, when he sort of wakes up and he looks at the list and he says, um, if I'm on the list, you're on the list, you know, like write yourself on there. I'll do it for you. Like the way he says that, it kind of, like, the way she reacts where she's just kind of like, you know, Bellamy, I can't like, it, it sort of felt to me, and this is like mostly just headcanon, but it felt to me like something like they'd had this conversation, you know, like they'd had some sort of back yeah. and forth. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, and, and she'd said like, here's my case for, um, you know, for putting you on there. And, and and he had made at least clear to her his position that, like, like you can't pick me and not you. Like. Exactly, yeah. Like, this is the, this is a package deal. Yeah, and I think when she, like, like something that I, that when she looks over at him sleeping before she writes the name down, I, part of one of the things that I, what I sort of saw in the moment was also her, like, her knowing that he's going to be pissed at her if she puts him down and yes. not herself. Yes. You know, like where there's, there's like a little bit of an apology. Like, I'm sorry, but I have to, I'm sorry, but I have to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Knowing, knowing that she isn't doing what he wants her to do. Yeah. So, and, and I think also like knowing, knowing that like by writing him down, like she knows that that means that she's agreeing, you know, to, um, like knowing that he's gonna get up and he's gonna assist on putting on her putting her on there as well, but I think like yeah. like man like that that scene was amazing, but like it was just heartbreaking to watch her write his name and then go to write her own, and then be unable to do it. You know, like she cannot bring herself to like to she cannot bring herself to save herself. Like that was so heart wrenching. Oh my god. Well, and I mean, for, for both of them, it's like they, they both, neither of them can say something that, you know, that like, that Raven, I feel like would have no problem saying, like Raven would be like, yeah, put me on the list. I absolutely, you know, it's like, you're fucked without me. Right, you know, like, right, put me right. number one. You know, like, like Raven has no problem saying like, uh, you need me. I contribute this. I better be one of those slots. I don't care who the other 99 are, but you need me. Bam. Bye. You know, and and Clark and Bellamy can't they can they they see the value in each other in a way that they are just constitutionally incapable of in themselves you know like that 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 it's so important to Clark that Bellamy is on the list and and yet she can't she feels so guilty and so like you know like i think and an impenitent too like is the yeah. cost for being the person who has to make this decision and doing this horrible thing that she can't you know like like you know it's exactly it's like jaha wanting to be in section 17 where he's like you know i mean like some of it i think was selfish but also some of it was him feeling like you know is it fair as a leader to ask my people to make a sacrifice i'm not willing to make for them where there's where some of it i think is guilt based too. yeah and it's yeah. a little bit of that with Clark too, like is how does she justify to the people who are going to be outside dying, people who she loves, you know, we don't know how many of her friends didn't make that list. Um, Putting herself on it feels inherently selfish to her. Whereas for Bellamy, it's like, you have to be on the list. Like a, like we need each other. And also like, you're the leader. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and she just, and they, and neither of them can see it in themselves. Like they have to, they can only kind of hear it and accept it from each other, but they can't, tell themselves that which is so sad and it just makes you want to cry yeah i know but like this is why they need each other you know because they think because they need like they're the other person who will like say like no you have inherent value you know like you have value beyond what you what you do and that like transcends what you have done and you know like yeah 
and 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 like not that they're the only people that will do that for each other, but I think they're the only people who will who will accept it from each other. Exactly. Yeah, she wouldn't like like anyone else telling Bellamy that or anyone else telling Clark that she would find a way to sort of like rationalize it or weasel out of it or be like nobody would understand you know and from them it's just like you know no like you like I'm putting you on the list okay well then I'm putting you on the list well all right well I guess now here we are right 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 exactly like I think like Abby would say the same thing to Clark but I think it would be different like Clark would interpret that as like as as I don't know I mean I think it would just be different you know like of course my mother loves me of course she wants to save me yeah Abby and Octavia would totally be like absolutely you're going on the list but it would be easier for Clark and Bellamy to be like okay but you're biased because you're related to me exactly. you know like they would yeah. they'd, they'd find a way to be like of course you think that but that's different from there being sort of objective inherent yeah. value and also and also I think that they are more able to convince themselves like I understand you feel that way and I know you'll miss me but you'll be fine without me you know, like, right. I know you'll be fine. Like, and which is the thing where I think that they don't, they, that they, they, they kind of recognize in each other, like, on some level, you know, they recognize their, the, like, deep value that they have for each other and how much they, they need each other. Like, even Bellamy, who kind of, like, pushes that away when Jaha says it to him. Yeah, he knows that it's there. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about it, and he really doesn't want to talk about it with Jaha. Right. But he knows that it's there. Right, right, yeah. right. Exactly. I mean, I think he recognizes, like, man, like, <laughs> that hand nuzzle. You know, just, like, when he puts his hand on her on her shoulder, and she just, like, melts. You know, she just, like, like, I mean, it, like this entire episode has been so hard for Clark, and she has so little human contact, and she, like, kind of allows so little human contact. You know, so just that little bit of human contact and comfort, you know, from him and that kind of like, kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm here. And, and like, I, you know, did I just like conveyed so much how like, how it wasn't just, and the fact that it was like him giving her that comfort, like how much she was like, how grateful she was. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I think it's, it's this really, um, it, it takes down to a really, really sort of intimate and personal level the kind of theme that they've really been building up, um, you know, particularly in the relationship between Clark and Jaha about the um, the kind of inherent isolation of being a leader. Yeah. You know, and, and that, you know, Jaha's sort of like cautionary tale about like, this is what it's like. You know, like it is lonely at the top and you're going to make decisions. People are going to hate you and it's going to cost lives and it's really fucking shitty. And basically like this is how, like kind of giving us a little sort of indication of like, you know, the way Jaha, the reason he became who he became was sort of the sort of incremental aggregate of all of these decisions, sort of like isolating him more and more from the human being that he used to be because he couldn't, he couldn't allow himself to have anybody that he, you know, like what, like as a chancellor, like he couldn't, he couldn't really let himself get close enough to anyone that he couldn't order them floated if he had to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like he just, he just felt, or, or at least he interpreted that he could not yeah. make that decision. So the kind of like cerebral detachment is something that he had to, it was like self-protective maybe. Yeah. It was sort of emotionally necessary yeah. because, because as soon as you love somebody and as soon as you allow yourself to get close enough to somebody that it costs you to lose them, you know, I think that he felt like, 
you know, I mean, and, you know, Kane even says it, like friendship's a luxury we can't afford. Like that's, you know, Kane, Kane in season one, when he's very much in Jaha's mindset, you know, like says it out loud, like we cannot, you know, we do not have the luxury of feeling things for people that make it impossible for us to do our job because sometimes our job is saying to that person, you have to die right now. You yeah. Know? And so I think what the hand nuzzle does, aside from just being heart melting and durable, is it really brings down to that um, very sort of simple human contact level. You know, like nobody touches Clark really. Any, I mean, like like her like her mom does, um, and then like there've been you know seen like there's she's you know has characters where she has hugged them, but like on the daily, like on a regular, you know, like like she does sort of already exist kind of a little bit in that bubble, you know, that we saw that you know we're sort of that's really what shaped Jaha and made Jaha the person that he is. Um, and so I think the sort of running theme of like the thing that keeps Clark from becoming a Jaha is that she has Bellamy and that she has a person who like both to kind of carry half the weight of all of those decisions as much as he can, but also like there's somebody else inside that bubble with her. Yeah. You know, yeah. and Jaha, Jaha never had that, you know? So I think that, you know, just having, like, you know, she has to do this absolutely terrible, harrowing thing, and he's right there with her when she has to do it. Um, and then he, you know, then he offers her, like, yeah, because, like, just that, that little, that little moment of human contact, just to remind her, like, you know, you aren't making these decisions alone in, like, a cold vacuum devoid of human life, like... I can't make these decisions for you. Like he, you know, even he acknowledges like Clark's the one that has to make the list. But what he can do is he can be there with her when she does it. And then he can comfort her when it's over. And, and that's, you know, and I think that it's really sort of setting up for like, that's going to be the thing that keeps her from becoming the person that Jaha became. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think, I mean, like he can also at that moment at the end where, you know, she turns to him and says, you still have hope, which I think was also like the way that she said it, she was sort of like pleading him, you know, with him to like tell her there was still hope. So he can give yeah. her that too, you know, like he can, he can say like, are, you know, as long as we're still breathing, you know, like she can sort of be like, someone has, someone believes that this is going to be okay in the moments when she can't. Yeah. So, so he can have faith for her and, and like vice versa. They can kind of like tether each other to their humanity. Yeah. So it doesn't begin to feel so isolating and so impersonal that you start to kind of lose, lose the ability to feel the things that you have to feel. You know, like it's, yeah. it's really, really hard to feel the things that Clark has to feel when she's making that list and making those decisions. But also if she turned those feelings off and stopped feeling them, she wouldn't be Clark. Yes, exactly. 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 